Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Couple of days away from the uh, big turkey day. Got a turkey bowl planned, by the way. We got to talk, uh, if not so much today, certainly tomorrow. Some of the turkey bowls out there. Love talking about that. Got a big game planned. I have uh, already a little strategy as the adults take on the kids in turkey bowl. I think for us it's like twenty-eight. Great tradition. If you want to come on over to uh, Roosevelt Park in Glenview at about nine thirty this morning, uh, nine thirty Thursday morning rather, we could use a little help at our turkey bowl. We'll talk a little turkey time. We'll talk a little food. We only got three shows this week. Two more tomorrow and Wednesday. We're off Thursday and Friday. It's the big dog and a coach. Answer with the two guys at a mic show. Talkzone.com with you till eleven o'clock. It's a residue Tuesday, which means we'll pick up some of the football action that we didn't get to over the weekend, and uh, if we have to. We'll talk about Jay Cutler's thumb. Oh, goodness. I don't know about you, big dog, and welcome to the show, my friend, but I'm all bummed out with Jay Cutler. I'm fired up for the appearance of Caleb Haney. It's like going out with a new girl, maybe not quite as pretty as the girl you were going out with, but, uh, you know, something different, a little bit of a new taste, and we will talk about the... The disappointment that you apparently lost out on the long snapper position with the Chicago Bears. How are you, Big Dog? Coach, uh, I'm doing all right. I, I'm gonna let you know something. I'm a I'm like a one woman guy, so I, I don't want I don't want to see Caleb Haney on the side. But but well, you can be that, you can be a one woman guy, and right now Caleb Haney is your woman. It doesn't mean you know. You're just huh? All I know is this: is I'm in Caleb Haney's corner. And, you know, we can go on and on about what they should do. But you know what? I guess you have to be a little bit excited. Cutler's going to be all right. He'll be back by the end of the season. Some mm-hmm. tell me he's going to be back a lot sooner than anybody thinks. Yep. Seriously. Yep. Everybody's saying six to eight weeks. Watch four weeks. My uh, my uh, doctor sources tell me uh, six and a half weeks. That it's a fairly serious injury, a compounded type fracture, a little bit different than some of the other thumb injuries. And then again, my... Doctorial sources, most of them have been barred from the American Medical Association. So, and he has he has joint damage also. Ah, so it's not just there's like ligament and joint. There's like all kinds of stuff going on in there. Wow, it's a, it's a serious. Did you see it? I mean, what was he doing? Whatever. Let's not talk Jay Cutler. That's uh, it's <laughs> that's the last thing I really need to think about right now. Uh, they're going to be all right. Everybody is writing off the Bears, and some people are like, oh, they'll be okay. They're going to do it with defensive special teams. Caleb Haynes is going to have to play quarterback well yep. in order for them it, it, to win. Yep. And, you know, he's a free agent at the end of this year, Coach. And something struck me yesterday. And I'm like, okay, what are the, the opinions? What really have the opinions on the coaching staff been about him? Well, Lovey Smith likes him. Jerry Angelo likes him. Okay. And Mike Marks doesn't like him. And as far as I've known about Mike Marks, up until five weeks ago, he didn't know anything. And that was, for the last two years, Mike Marks has basically not liked Caleb Haney, and it took until the last five games before Mike Marks got his head out of his butt about how to run a Chicago Bear offense effectively. So my my biggest vote of confidence is the fact that Mike Marks doesn't like him. (laughs) I was going to say, it is uh, ironic, 
sad and maybe a little bit of a window into the truth of the matter that after a couple of games, the fans and the media, you know, the yahoos like us, we actually could see from our vision, hey, keep more blockers in, more three-step drop, let Cutler get out of the pocket, don't drop him back so deep, and and basically all of the things that uh, the yahoos like us and I'm just saying, you and me, just some of the everyday yeah, yeah. fans that watch the game, everything that we said, you know, they should do, they tried, you know, what it's working. So I don't know how smart Marts is, to be honest. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. So I'm not, I'm not about to give up and say like, oh, he's got to be the game manager. No, no. In order for the Bears to win, we're going to have to have an offense that uh, the defense has the threat of the ball being thrown all over the field. There's mm-hmm. a reason why Tim Tebow is four and one, and John Elway is going on television stations yesterday. A radio station talking about no, we don't have our quarterback in the future. You, you, you see, there's a reason the Bears are going to have to throw the ball, and you know, hopefully, hopefully it works out well. That's all I'm saying. I, just, yeah, well, I really I'm, think I'm, it will, Coach. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's not uh, again. I'll use the word Yahoo's out there in the uh, the media and the, you know the people just jabbering away with nothing else to do. People talking about exactly what you said. Well, the defense, the special teams has to come through. You know, Caleb Haney will be okay. They'll change the game plan a little bit. No, I like exactly what you're saying. You said it yesterday, and I completely agree. Not that, you know, we're throwing 20 bombs a game, but don't dummy the offense down. Let let Caleb Haney go out there and win the game. He can play ball, too. Give him a chance, at least. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to say we're going to turn it into the greatest show on turf, and it's Kurt Warner taking the seven-step drop, flinging it all over the field. Uh, No, I I want just the exact same offense that was being run, Okay, you know what, Caleb Haney? It's your turn. If you're really a professional quarterback, we're going to have to find out why. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out now. Because if, if you try to do it any other way, it's so difficult to win in the NFL. It's okay. You're going to have to depend on your defense and or special teams to get you seven points in a return every game. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. The Bears hopefully will lead the NFL in return touchdowns this season, and I, I'm pretty sure they are. I'm almost positive they are. And they'll probably have like eight, and it'll be – one of the higher totals that any NFL team will have, you know, in a season. So they have to play offense. And if you play afraid, you will be scared at the, what, the, what the result will be at the end, Absolutely. honestly. Absolutely. By the way, one of our uh, listeners' emails in Tennessee, Ted, saying that Kenny Chesney has actually come out with a song, and it's called your, It's Your Turn, Caleb Haney. So I don't <laughs> I know. I like th- it. <laughs> I don't know how what, the tune goes. I, huh? What rhymes with Haney? You know, it's it's so it's so hard, Coach. I was trying to come up with a Caleb Haney song. Well, that's pretty easy. You know, it's outside. It's uh, you know the weather outside. It's not sunny. It's rainy. And now, well, it's... by the way, talking about coming up with songs, I, I'm this one person friended me on YouTube. Yes, sir. Okay, YouTube. Her name is how do you friend? Huh? Well, you, you you get your like how you do everything on every single social network site, Coach. You you create a profile and then people friend you. Wait, you can friend someone on YouTube? Yeah, why don't you get uh, your own YouTube? Why don't you get you, your own YouTube uh, station, coach? And I, I think we could actually work something I out. I have like no that. idea how to do that. I just figured out how to friend someone in, on Facebook. Well, it's I didn't about, know you could do it on YouTube. It's about one percent harder to do it on YouTube as it is on Facebook. And since you already did that, it'd mm-hmm. probably be just as easy. Well, yeah. this this girl makes up songs, football songs. They make total sense. And they're totally blurred, Coach. You got her. You got her. Her name is Timo. T M O. So you give her the ideas, and she'll make up the song. Well, no, she just does them herself. 
And to be quite honest, after her, hearing her do the songs, I don't even think I should get into the business. Hmm. I was like thinking about writing a song by Caleb Haney yesterday, and I saw this girl on YouTube. It was freaking hysterical. I'm trying to get her on the show, Coach. She friended me out of nowhere. I have no idea. So, but uh, that's definitely something to check out. We're going to get her on the show, I promise you. I would okay. love that. And, you know, it actually brings up an idea, I thought, for the two of us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, idea number 144 for the big dog and a coach, and that is that we would run sort of a uh, – Fantasy sports tape operation where people could send us, this could be for bachelor parties, birthday parties, anniversaries, little gifts and stuff where you're, people would send us, it could be themselves or the wife, the girlfriend, the husband, whoever it is, their sports fantasy. Like, you know, my husband Bob, this big husband. hockey fan. All right. I, I, give me a tape. You and me will be the announcers. We'll recreate the play by play. Uh, you know, Game 7, Stanley Cup, he's a huge Bruins fan, he hates the Canadians. Have him playing next to Phil Esposito and Johnny Busick on the Boston Bruins. Have him score the winning goal, you announce it, to beat the Montreal Canadiens. And we provide a five-minute tape, put a little humor into it with, uh, you know, Big Fat Bob as the center. That is a phenomenal <laughs> idea, Coach. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, phenomenal idea number 144. Now, the problem is, Big Dog, our first 143 phenomenal ideas... We haven't followed through with any of them, I hate to say. We just don't know how to market any of this stuff, Coach. <laughs> but you like that idea, huh? No, that one I like. That one, uh, you can, I mean, that's easy. All you need is like a Mac computer, I mean, yeah. and then, bam, you can get it done in a heartbeat. Yeah. Do it on a regular computer, but I, I wouldn't know how to do it on those. Well, we got to get some sound effects and, you know, that kind of thing, jazz it up, make it professional. But it uh, could be a little side business that could turn into full-time for the big dog and the coach. That's, that's not bad, Coach. And, you know, uh, yesterday... When Sidney Crosby came back, first game since, what, January 5th or whatever it was, it's been 10 months since since the best player in the NHL, possibly, well, one of the best players in the NHL has been playing. Uh, he scored a backhanded goal early on in the game. Did you see it, Coach, in his return? Not only did I not see it, I was not aware that Sidney Crosby made his comeback yesterday. So it was, well, I, the whole NHL was watching. <laughs> it was totally cool. He gets a breakaway, scores on a backhand, and the announcer, whoever the announcer is for the Pittsburgh Penguins, said Sidney Crosby slapped me silly, which I thought was, without question, one of the best hockey announcers uh, calls for a goal ever. But he coached two goals, two assists, five nothing wow. win for the for the Penguins after and, being out uh, for ten months. And he got hit hard a couple times, and his his head. He said he felt great. His head was good, and he's ready to play. Hockey. And he was so, out for ten months with what I like to call uh, the cone cushion. Correct. Yes, it was, Coach. Mm. It was. So, Interesting. Uh, he got a concussion in, like, mid-December, came back and played in the, in the what do you call it, game, the, the outdoor game on New Year's Day, and got was even worse. They, like, compounded the issue, and they were like, we, we rushed him back just so he'd play in the outdoor game. So mm -hmm. not a good idea to rush a concussion. Interesting. My hockey, uh, and, and again, I love the sport of hockey, believe it or not. I really do when I watch it. But... My uh, knowledge and following and preparation of hockey, even my beloved Chicago Blackhawks, I guess they're not my beloved, that beloved because if I beloved them that much, I'd be watching. But I probably followed hockey big dog less in the first month of the season than I have in the last 20 years. And if there's any year to actually follow hockey, it's, it's this year because there's no basketball. So you actually could, if you wanted to, yes. follow them and really not miss any bowls or anything like that because that's, let's face it. Yeah. It's very difficult 
so if you're a if you're a diehard Bulls fan and a basketball fan, like I like I love basketball. I got Illinois basketball. I got Bulls basketball to contend with uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And by the way, I do have a life. You know what I mean? So it's kind of difficult to get mm-hmm. all that in. Or you could be a sick individual like me and uh, be at uh, Niles West High School yesterday watching Glenbrook North High School take on Hales Franciscan in a game which you really have no relatives or no uh, part watching. You're just watching it for sheer entertainment. Well, no, that I completely and 100% understand, and I would rather watch any live sporting event, no ah. matter what age group, than you any television. Good. Well, you're the only person I've talked to that does sympathize slash understand with that. Any chance you could talk to my wife, because she is uh, scheduling me for counseling, I think, sometime this weekend. Coach, I ride my bike to high school football games. I Like, Saturday mornings, I'll be, like, riding to go and, uh, like, get some groceries. I'm like, oh, the sophomore team's playing. And I'll watch. I'll watch like at least a half. That's why the two of so, us get along so together. Well, it's uh, the probably a little strange. Like, who's the dude on the bike sitting out, like riding around the, the track? You yeah. know what I mean. But I'll yell stuff out too, coach. Yeah, that happened uh, <laughs> with our apparently at our high school's the girls cross country coach is one of these kind of crazed, very cool guy. Long time mm-hmm. teacher at the school, but one of these probably you know hippie back of the day, older teacher, got the long hair. Got the mustache. You, you're, you're with me on the look. Well, apparently when the girls, I, I, I saw. <laughs> yeah, when the girls go out running, you know, that down the streets through the parks or whatever, often he will uh, supervise and he will ride his bicycle alongside the girls. Well, I didn't see it, but apparently this year my son told me at, at some point some car must have been following him, thought that he was like a stalker, and they called the police and the police actually arrested him. And he tried to convince him, no, I'm in fact the, the coach for this team. You could have read girls cross country coach arrested. Why didn't one of the girls be like, why are, why are you being arrested coach? Blah, blah, blah. I think the girls said, I never saw the guy in my life. <laughs> Don't know who he I is. Really, maybe <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach him to make us run. Oh my goodness. What is it? See, there's so many do gooders in the world. Seriously. I mean, but then again, then again, you know what? Who knows what's going on? Yeah. Well, you know, and in this day and age now with so much stuff coming out publicly too, there are, are times, maybe in the past, and there will be more in the future, where you see circumstances, Big Doug? Uh-huh. And I'm not going to get into the details, but a friend of mine related it, connected to the Penn State and all the stuff that's come out. Not recently, but back in his history when he went back, something that happened in a male washroom, not with himself, but in a stall, kid, and a father, and he wasn't quite sure what was going on. Uh-huh. And there was a little bit of suspicion. Probably cool, uh, but... You know, possibly not, you know, spur of the moment, you're, you're with people outside, you're at a concert or whatever. You know, do you, you know, you just let it go because it's probably nothing or do you take action? I think, uh, again, it's happened in the past. I think it's going to happen a lot more where people are going to be in that quandary and uh, knowing or not knowing but wondering what they should do in situations like that. And And I guess I should. Come forward and try to do something—the right thing. That's what we tell well, people, right? So, again, you got to use your common sense. Of what you know, I, I guess. Yeah, the, common sense, the common sense index is: if the person's still on the bike, maybe if you really are concerned, before you drag police in it who actually have work to do, keep on following them. If the guy is still on the bike and the girls are still well, that's what, drunk, the, that, what I mean? that's what they did. They followed so the why coach. Did the guy just, well, why didn't they just keep doing it before they called the cops? No, they followed this guy for a while, and they followed him, and said, oh, he's still following the girls. You know, they maybe they took a right turn down a street. He's still following, and they follow him for a while. You know what? I better call the police. 
Well, know. I would have just kept on following them and see what happened. Well, maybe now, they you were. Know, these girls probably all have uh, whatever high school that they're at on their on their practice here. No, no, no. There was no question. No, there was there was no question from the caller that this was a cross country team. That wasn't the the issue. Oh, okay. But you know, here's this long haired guy on a bicycle following them for an extended period of time. So who's who's to think it is the coach? But you know, I'm just saying circumstances like that can come up, and you have to decide: do you take action or not? And things like the Penn State thing now, or uh, and what's going on at Lake Forest with that whole you know the principal sexting scandal and people not coming forward. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting criticized for not stepping to the fore and bringing this stuff out. I, people are going to start to be a little bit more sensitive and maybe bring your shoes to the police and we'll create a whole other set of problems. Yes, exactly. exactly. Now, we might go to over, over, people become overzealous. Oh, that'll, that'll happen. Guaranteed that'll happen. Yeah, the common sense part, Coach, that's, that was the key yeah. phrase. That, yes. that I think you had in all, in all but it, that. you know it can get tricky too you know my friend who's a perfectly normal guy you know he's 80 where do you put the percentage you know yeah 80 percent sure I'm okay but boy looked a little weird you know do you say something and you, know, and you don't have a lot of time to think about it it springs up at you at times when you're not prepared for it so it's not not such an easy thing not such an easy thing I at one time in my life once in all the years I've coached kids big dog uh-huh. One time I brought up, and I felt bad about it too, because in my head probably, in the, and I knew the, the parent, I knew the dad. Not great friends, but I, but I knew the dad. I, you know, probably again, in my head at that time, 80-20, maybe even 90-10 that nothing was going on. But this girl would show up a lot of time, bruises on the legs, and, uh, you know, depressed and kind of moody and stuff. And it just something clicked with me, and I told the school dean who I knew about it, and, you know, to ch- I don't ever even knew what came of it. See, uh-huh. I, pr- I probably could be criticized for that. So, but you know, again, most likely the guy's innocent. But at what point do you stand up and say something to protect potentially a, uh, you know, young individual that could be harmed? Yeah, I'm not saying that guy did anything when I say this, but I, I got to tell you, some of like the most charming, like, uh, parents in the world are like the most abusive on their kids. You know, so it's just jacked up. So that guy you, you thought might have been like the nicest guy. Oh, it seemed like a good guy. Nothing wrong with him. He could be a total monster when he's in his in his mm-hmm. home. Now this guy actually he wasn't that nice. He was just a normal guy, <laughs> just okay. a normal guy. But you know, I mean, bruises on the legs. You know, kids can have bruises on the legs for different reasons, and they, you know, hey, thirteen and fourteen year old kids being moody and sometimes you know a little depressed. Hey, that happens. Doesn't mean there's per. If every parent got. Uh, got arrested or got questioned for their kid who was a little bit moody at the age of 13, 14. There'd be a whole lot of us in uh, psychological counseling right now, Big Doug. So. Yeah, yeah, if it was like a, a November 1st Saturday morning after playing a football season, <laughs> uh, like, yeah. you know, and, and I was down at the, the local YMCA for a workout, somebody would be like, oh, my goodness, he must be abused. Look at his forearms. He must be fending off his father from beating him. No, I was actually throwing these forearms into people's chest for the last six months. So... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, you never know, Coach. Yeah, so. yeah. By the way, in the uh, Penn State uh, uh, situation, they did hire the ex-director, ex-director, the head guy, the the big honcho of the FBI, Lewis Free. Yeah, I'm not so impressed with the hire. I mean, if it, if, if the guy's obviously over the hill, he's the ex-director. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, you know what? They're obviously well, trying who? to say, "Listen, let's get to the truth," and that was the only option they have 
And they said, we're going yep. all the way back to when Sandusky, before Sandusky got here, like how he was hired. We're looking. Yes, that was the amazing part. And maybe that there's some stuff out there we don't know, but they're going back to 1975. Yeah, let's not that's assume 20, that the person 20, hired 20, him, but they're like, yeah. That's 25 years before the, uh, you know, the allegations that we're hearing about now. Right? Yeah, yeah they're, they want to make sure that they go all the way from the start, that that's where the investigation begins. Wow. Well, I was like, okay. Well. All I know is if this hits, uh, my favorite running back and halfback, Lydell Mitchell, or God forbid, a Matt Suey, I'll be a very upset individual, Big Duck. I'm pretty sure the, the players are going to be found, uh, yeah, nothing like that's going to happen, Coach. Yeah. You know, if, think about some of the nasty rumors that have started. There were, you kind of said something. They were like, uh, like that there might have been like a, a pimp part of the whole Sandusky yep. thing, which yep. hopefully, no, nothing has come of that, and hopefully nothing yep. will. Yeah. That. Well, that's the problem. One thing like this breaks out, you get a little little mini brush fires all over the place. The Syracuse assistant coach thing, which appears to have died out, which means that you, you know if it had any kind of legs or any kind of truth, that thing would be blossoming right now. So that was probably just a couple of angry guys looking to get revenge on an old coach. So, um, uh, you, you, you know what? I, I felt immediately, I am not kidding, coach. It wasn't just because now, I mean, no, no, we don't know what's happened yet, but... As soon as I heard those people talk, I was like, you know what? Those guys are lying. I felt it immediately. And those guys look like meth, meth addicts is what they look like. <laughs> I never saw the guy. They were, they were ball boys. Yeah, have you seen either one speak? No. Oh, coach, they're meth addicts. They're out for money. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely disgusting. I am 99.9% convinced that those two are meth addicts. And they, he, Barney Fine never did anything to those two boys. Mm-hmm. Now, what, uh, and you're our resident expert here on prison time or sentencing, a man of tremendous experience, although you've never spent time behind bars, but you've been at a few courthouses in your day. Someone who makes allegations like that, if they're found to be completely false, uh, is that jail-worthy, Big Dog? And if so, how many years? I don't know, but um, definitely that there's, I don't know if it's, it's like the lowest count of felony. But you do, you would have to serve time because do you remember the, I forget her name, but I do remember she was from India, but she was, then she moved to the United States and she accused Michael Irvin of raping her in that one party house that mm-hmm. the cowboy had. Do you remember that? No. Uh, that I mean, I remember the whole party house thing. For that. I don't remember the one specific female. So, and that was well, proven was- completely false. Yeah, it was completely false, and it and like Michael Irvin, like like people, like all these women groups were like boycotting the Cowboys. I felt so bad for Michael Irvin, and it was she was just trying to scam money out of him. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty sad. So, so did uh, she serve jail time for that? Oh yeah, she served jail time. Coach. Wow, okay. Big time. I yeah. mean, and like they went after the the, the whoever the Dallas County or Fort Worth, whatever the heck county that is over there were. Uh, where Dallas is, they went after that woman, big time. So, right. well, you got the. You guys tw- really are lying about it, you, because it's such a slap in the face to the true victims of these type of of, of crimes. Mm-hmm. To me, it, it, that's like even more so to the person that they're actually accused of. It's such it's such an uh, offense. So. All right. Big dog and the coach uh, getting, well, I won't say off topic. That's on topic. It wasn't exactly what we had planned for today, but uh, you never know which way we're going to go, whichever the way the winds are blowing. Big dog and the coach tend to go that way. 888-463-6748. Part of the beauty of this show is uh, you can 
change the wind direction. If you speak, you can change end zones if you want and go with the wind, go against the with the wind. Uh, either way you want, give us a call. Any topics you want to throw out there right there for us. Big dog and a coach, 888-463-6748. We got residue Tuesday. Big dog, we did not get into uh, college football much yesterday, but, um, it was once again upset weekend in, in collegiate football. We had, correct me if I'm wrong now, cause it's been a couple of days, but you had number two, number four, Number five and number seven, all beaten on yeah, Saturday. You're, you're, and, and it starts on Friday night, Oklahoma State. What, what a horrible day Oklahoma State had on Friday. Yes. Forget the fact that they lost the football game. That was secondary. Uh, coach Butkey, coach Bud the, the women's uh, uh, basketball coach, uh, and an assistant, Miranda Cerna, die in a plane crash on a recruiting trip. And, I mean, that's really rocked the, the world of women's college basketball. Mm. So Oklahoma State, I mean, honestly, can you? that's a really, really cool community. 40,000 people live in Stillwater, and yet 80,000 people come to the football games every single Saturday. You know, so it's, I mean, everybody knows everybody in the, in the community. It's a pretty cool thing that they have going on at Oklahoma State. The way you that, know, uh, it was a tremendous tragedy, too. You heard about the coach and the assistant coach, great people, real dedicated and, uh, you know, very loyal to the institution. When the president spoke, I thought that was just uh, – Boy, not that it was, it was the awesome. most motivating speech, but it was just so heartfelt. You could tell how shaken up he was about it. Um, that that was really a, a dramatic moment, I thought, watching him speak. But I as a sidelight, Big Dog, isn't it interesting that here, what these coaches have to go through to build programs, and I'm talking about the recruiting. Here's the head coach in the middle of a season. Now, we're not off season. This is not the spring recruit in the middle of his freaking season. He's got practices, games, scouting report. He's got to fly in a small plane to Arkansas to go sit in the stand. He's not allowed to talk to the parents. He's not allowed to talk to the player. He's got to go with his assistant coach and sit at a high school basketball game so that the girl knows that they're there. Very little conversation. I don't know. I talked to a couple of reporters, maybe friends or whatever. There's a lot of restrictions. And then they fly back in a private jet. That's. It just seems to me that that recruiting is just uh, It's just over. way too much emphasis on it. Overboard needs to be more limitation. I feel bad for the head coaches that is that competitive. I've seen Bruce Weber do the same thing. The Illinois coach. Again, in the middle of their season. You know, he's sitting at it. In a Loyola Academy gym, watching his kid from San Ignatius. Doesn't that seem odd to you? That, that no, 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 no. That's it's, that's the that's the life of a of a basketball. Yeah, coach. but it shouldn't be. In the off season, maybe. Let them coach their team. That I'm, I guess the point I'm making is big time athletics has gotten way too big time. Yeah, I don't think Shashevsky does that. Shashevsky doesn't do that in the middle of the season. Does uh, it? I think he does. I think he does. Mike yep. says he shows up at your gym for you. Yeah. You're going to Duke. Yeah. And even, <laughs> you know, even after a guy has committed to you, you still have to show up once or twice a season and, go and watch him. It's like that's kind of the uh, – Is it really? That's how the recruiting yeah. goes? Football it isn't like that. Not at all. Uh-uh. No college football coach is going – I mean, very – I mean, is that going to happen? I mean, I know Oklahoma used to do that because when Barry Switzer was the head coach – he didn't coach the team. He'd just show up on Saturday. they give him the keys to the car, and he'd say, yeah, go for it. I'm Fort Bound. I mean, that's all he did. And recruit. <laughs> yeah. 
So, but uh, I mean, it's but normally these guys are football coaches are. I can't imagine them leaving. Do they leave in the middle of the week, coach? Maybe the difference is, you know, if they sit in the stands, they're among forty thousand. Nobody notices. You go to a high school gym, and you're noticed. Oh heck yeah, hey, because you walk in and everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, Coach Hayes here." Yeah, right. that's, yeah, you're yeah. exactly right, Coach. And the kid here is, "Oh hey, hey, the coach from Texas was here watching you." So maybe that's part of the difference. By the way, speaking of Barry Switzer, we keep getting back to Penn State. Barry Switzer himself, I haven't heard of Barry Switzer mentioned in about five years, but he came out extremely critical of Joe Paterno and the Penn State coaching staff, talking about how coaching staffs are and how close they are and how everybody knows everybody else's business and basically saying he can almost guarantee all these Penn State coaches were well aware of what's going on and there was a definitive cover-up. Strong stuff coming from Barry Switzer. And I'm glad a coach finally said it because I completely agree with Barry Switzer. I did not know he had said that. Everybody has an opinion on uh, on that particular subject. I'm glad somebody said it. That, that, that needed to be said. Whether or not it's true, maybe maybe it was a cover up at the highest level and only Paterno knew. But trust me, other coaches knew. Those guys are with each other constantly, coach. I mean, out of 168 hours in a week, that's seven days, 24 hours a day. How many? of those hours are spent together as a coaching staff, or at least doing the same thing. I can't even imagine how many of them are. Mm -hmm. A hundred of the 168 that they spend together for about half of the year? It's pretty intense. I I know the scouting reports often they'll meet over at the the head coach's house. You know, the wife will serve dinner, breakfast, whatever it might be. After watching game film on Saturday night, and on Sunday, all they do all day Sunday is yep. watch game film and break it down. And yep. then on Monday, they prepare the game film and show it to their players. When when coaches are showing players the game film, they probably have already watched it like six times. Mm-hmm. Even high school coaches are doing that. I mean, high school yeah. coaches put that kind of time into it. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Big Dog and the coach bringing you sports and more here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. Dog, also on uh, Saturday we had... Um, well, we talked about USC's big win over Oregon. By the way, when I watch USC play Notre Dame or no play Stanford a couple of weeks ago, I said right there, I think USC. What are they, I don't know what they're ranked, seventeenth or eighteenth? Forget about rankings; they're in the top five teams in the country, and I think they proved it against Oregon. Uh, what is the record, coach? They have two losses. Yep. Okay, yeah, they I, should be playing. That's too bad that they're not playing in the the Pac-12 South. Championship because I would really like to see Oregon get another shot at at USC in uh, for a Pac-12 championship. That's that's what really the Pac-12 championship game should be. Instead, it's going to end up being Oregon taking on what UCLA. Yeah, UCLA going up to Oregon. What are the chances that they actually beat Oregon? Maybe a five percent chance. Well, where does where does Stanford figure in this? Stanford. Still, Oregon still has to beat Oregon State. If Oregon State beats Oregon, Stanford is the Pac North champion. What do you think? Well, I think it's at Corvallis. So Oregon has to go on the road. Who knows? Maybe it gets rainy, a couple turnovers. I really don't think it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I, I've kind of anointed Oregon the, the Pac North champion yet, but they, I, maybe I shouldn't, coach, but I'm pretty sure it's going to get done. All right. Well, that was uh, number four team getting knocked off the Oregon Duck. Uh-huh. And by the way, uh, YouTube the quack dance. Okay. Very entertaining. I will. Yeah. Or there's some rap song like, "Can you do the quack with the Oregon Ducks?" But um, 
Number four ranked team got knocked off. Then number five, Oklahoma got beaten. A dramatic, dramatic finish to that game by the, the Baylor Bears. Baylor's what got a couple losses on the season. They got a Heisman candidate, but that thing went right down to the wire and it was a uh, missed field goal, right? At the very end. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, uh, I got the wrong guy. Missed field goal was the Oregon game. It was the Robert Griffin 45 yard touchdown pass into the win that won the game for Baylor. That throw was absolutely remarkable, and uh, that pretty much knocks Oklahoma out of any type of of national title uh, contention. Also hurts Oklahoma State's chances. Like, and Oklahoma got hurt because Oklahoma State lost on Friday night, and Oklahoma needed them to hopefully vault ahead Alabama. Mm-hmm. But when, when Oklahoma State starts, well, we lost, but maybe when we beat Oklahoma next week, we can get back into number two. Well, then Oklahoma lost to Baylor. <laughs> so the state of Oklahoma came up with a a total loser on Friday and Saturday in uh, in college football. Though. We keep coming back to Penn State. i got to bring them up. They're like the Kevin Bacon of, of our show today. Everything's related to Penn State. But uh, talking to college football highlights over the weekend, it kind of got passed over a little bit, Big Dog. But at Ohio State, the much maligned Penn State team, uh, you know, that's been through all the trials, all the tribulations, uh, tremendous Achievement to stick together. They go up to Ohio State. They lost a heartbreaker the week before, and they beat the Buckeyes at Ohio State. Big though, that story got lost, but give the coaches and the players the Penn State credit for sticking to the task at hand and coming up with a big victory. Um, Penn State, uh, I forget which running back it was because it wasn't Silas Red, uh, but a running back broke right through the middle of the Ohio State defense for a 50-yard touchdown to make it 20-14 to with about – Nine minutes to go in the third quarter. No more points were scored the rest of the game. It was unreal how many Ohio State like third downs that Penn State came up big and played incredible on mm-hmm. in that game. I and mean, it was pure heart coach. That was the team hanging in by the, like just by its fingernails the whole entire game. It was first, a, a fantastic game to watch. First victory for a Penn State team. Since 1965, I was nine years old. Big Dog, you and David Olson were both uh, not even seedlings in Mama's uterus at that point. Mm-hmm. That was the first. Well, maybe you were. You probably were. You probably took most babies nine months gestation period. You probably took a lot longer. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, that's why I lost my hair so much earlier. Yes. People don't realize I'm a lot older yep. than just a typical you know, 39 I'm or gonna, whatever. I'm going to guess you were conceived much earlier than the normal nine-month period. <laughs> just took a while for things to get going. Yeah, yeah you might have, you might be right about that. I'm so, not 100. percent Weird things happen over the weekend. Weird thing number one, Lee Corso in the uh, always entertaining college game day um, show. I dropped. almost forgot. I, I would have forgot all week to bring this up. I was watching when it happened, Coach. Well, tell tell so, the folks who might not know uh, who, what, and where, what happened. Okay, so uh, my my man Brian and I are watching college game day. It's about. 10.59 Central Time on Saturday morning, and Lee Corso's doing his hat selection. And if anybody's ever seen it, you know that he kind of acts like he's going to put one hat on, and then he throws it away and he picks up the other hat. Well, he was talking about SMU, because he was there at Houston, and it's the Houston Cougars. They're undefeated. Casey Keenan's having a great year, so college game day goes down to Houston, and everybody knows Houston's going to destroy SMU, which they do. So he's making a pick. I'm picking SMU because it's got the colors of the of the USA, red, white, and blue. And then he grabs a megaphone, and he doesn't know what else to say because he knows nothing else about the SMU program, okay? Uh-huh. So as he's holding the, the megaphone, he just says, F it, and throws the megaphone and puts on the cougar hat. Now, right when it happened, 
I was like, he, he just, did he just say that? Well, <laughs> I, I figured out he did because Chris Fowler's head, the host of the show, is face down. He has his face down on the desk. Kirk Herbstreit had pushed himself away from the desk on his rolling chair at about four feet, <laughs> and Corso just kept talking. And then Chris Fowler says, hey, Herbie, could you wash out his mouth? <laughs> well, and then I realized that's exactly what he said, and I rewound it, and I could not believe yeah. uh, we were we were laughing so hard. He had no idea that he even said it. Well, what's so funny is not the comment from Corso. It's the reaction. And then he puts on, what, the cougar mascot head? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you watch Herb Street and watch Fall. Herb Street in particular is just cracking up. The post reaction is what really makes the whole thing uh, fairly entertaining. Available, I'm sure, at a uh, YouTube site near you. Correct. Oh yeah, you can definitely get that. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I, I saved it. Cloudy comes back. He saw. He just started laughing. He's like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "He really said it, did he?" And I'm like, "Why would I have you watch it if he did?" So. <laughs> that is a great show. And Lee Corso is uh, is is truly. Truly entertaining to watch. I don't know, you know, knowledgeable, but he is he is a lot of fun, very entertaining. And he and came out with 11, an apology about 30 minutes later. Yeah, I was going to say, at about 11.25 or so, as, as Illinois is dominating Wisconsin at this point, they didn't continue that way, Coach, if you didn't know the result of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Corso came out. I was like, I said something I shouldn't have. I swear it'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, I, I was thinking about it, Coach, it's because he didn't know anything about, like, SMU. He couldn't say anything else, so he was just like, ah, and, he, and that, so it just came out. That's what happened. Like, if it would have been about, like, Georgia or something, he would have been like, he would have kept talking. But he lost, he didn't know what to say, so it's just, he just blurted out the F word. <laughs> Upset weekend, a lot of odd things happening over the weekend. Oddity number two, uh, and this is kind of a sad one because he's a very good coach and a good role model, but we all slip up. But when you're a head coach of a Division One institution, Big Dog, and you slip up, it's front page news and you get suspended. Gary Pinkle, the fine coach of the Missouri Tiger, caught uh, over the limit with the alcohol and driving a vehicle. So he's suspended. I'm assuming he'll be back for next game, but he was not able to coach his Missouri team, which went on and won a game in his honor, correct? Or dishonor? Uh, yeah, who they play? I don't know. If you tell me who they played, because I know they were losing the game. I just can't recall who they played this weekend. I think they won. Could be wrong. It was Could a be conference wrong. opponent. But he's a good coach. He's a good coach, made a mistake. I actually talked to a couple of kids back home from uh, these college kids, man. They got it made. And they got the entire Thanksgiving week off. You know, I expect yeah. to see a lot of these college kids on our block, friends of my uh, sons and stuff, you know, maybe Wednesday, maybe Tuesday, you know, Friday. Last Friday, how you doing? How's school? Like, you get the whole week off as I digress <laughs> again. And then they go back to school, Big Dung. For a couple of weeks, and and for Christmas, for holidays in college, you get what, like a month off? Uh huh. See, coach, you should have been a professor. Should have been. That's it. For, forget the kids. Forget the kids. Absolutely. Okay, you should have been a professor. That's the freaking easiest job. Yeah. Professor is the greatest job in the world. And the higher you move up, the less you teach. You and know. they get like a hundred grand a year. Yeah. What do they do? They gotta learn. Well, they gotta learn. Yeah, I read a lot. I, I try yeah. to find out as much as I possibly can about the world. I would dig that. that would, <laughs> I mean, that would, And I the sad know. thing is, you don't have to teach that much. The, the more you move up, the older you get. It's all about re- quote unquote research. And you know, maybe you teach the the quality professors teach what? Maybe one or two classes. Yeah, oh, that's it. That's yeah. Exactly. But they're doing research. Meanwhile, the parent, you know, Mister Mister Schmeckelstein. 
out in Libertyville are paying $30,000 a year for their kid to go to school, but the top professors, the top teachers at the schools are doing research and not in the classroom teaching their kid. Yeah, you're you're paying for the education that somebody got 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care if the guy's doing research. I want him in the classroom teaching my kid. You know, God bless the research. If he's doing good, you know, if he's a scientist or sociologist and he's doing very valuable research, I don't mean to degrade that possibly very valuable information these intelligent people could come up with. But, you know, do it away from a collegiate institution. Don't charge my kid for the money and then, you know, have him doing research in the name of education, if that makes any sense. No, I, I that is just another problem with uh, yes with our education system, Coach. Yep. We've already come and up I with. Never two. Even, I never even considered that until you just told us. Oh, we talked about that before. That's one of my pet peeves at college. Yeah, the first the first two years of college, basically all you do is take classes that you took in high school. For the, <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, for the most part, yeah, you got to get your, you know, even if you're a uh, chemical engineering major. You still, every school, you gotta get your social studies in, you gotta get your English in, take another year of Spanish. It's basically stuff you did in high school. And the person teaching the class is a grad assistant who basically is about four years older than you and he's learning the trade too. So the first two years are a waste. And then junior and senior year, you get into some meat and potatoes a little bit. I'd have to say that pretty much sums it up, coach. Yeah. Now, I mean, I was, I know that part we talked about. Because I, I went to a school that I was really likely where I'd have to do any of that crap. We had to, you had a pass test in order to, like, legitimately, you didn't have to take one math class as long as you can pass, like, a certain, uh, uh, you know, aptitude, which was perfect. So, the, I mean, that's the best thing. Yeah, McMurray College in beautiful Jacksonville, Illinois, you guys were the exception. Most of your, most of the research your teachers were doing uh, had to do with Stillwater and nothing to do with Oklahoma State, if you know what I mean. I gotta tell you something. I'm very proud of the education I got. So you can make fun of me. I got an extremely good education at McMurray College. How many students uh, at McMurray when you were there? Uh, 720. So your graduating class was about 200. Oh, less than that. About that. About 100. So you went. You went to a college significantly smaller than your high school. Oh yeah, my graduating class in high school was the same as the, how large my college was. Well, that had to be a little weird. Yeah, that was. It was nice, Coach. There was, you know, there was a couple colleges in the town. We had the smallest one by far, and uh, it was it was awfully good, Coach. We had pretty much the run of the town. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I, I loved it. I, I wouldn't change anything for it. It was thirteen students, two faculty members, and the faculty members I'm not including the janitorial staff. <laughs> but the physical plant guys, excuse me. So. <laughs> Custodial services. Yeah. By your senior year, don't you get to know some of your classmates like too well? Oh, I, I, we knew everybody, and trust me, coach, I was known well way too much. Way. That's too what much. I'm talking about. That's yeah. there's advantages to a small school, but I would think when it's that small, you know, for the first year you're getting to know everybody, but by year four, sometimes you can know people a little too well. Well, big fish, small pond, coach. I lived in two different houses my senior year, so mm-hmm. it was. Uh, I, it was it was a good thing there. So I got I got really lucky in that terms because though, like I can't understand the idea of having a grad assistant teach a class of five hundred people uh, bio one hundred and one. Yep. But then again, if I already knew it, that would be pretty. That's, you know, that's also part of your freshman year experience, sitting in a classroom with like four hundred people. Yeah, but now they have breakout groups. I also found out from these kids now uh, that they give you a little. Um, 
mechanical little little iPod looking devices okay. where the teachers in these big lecture groups can ask questions along the way during their lecture. And you have to punch in what you think is the correct answer. A, just to make sure, you know, so the teachers can randomly check, make sure people are paying attention a little bit and you're, you're kind of with it. Obviously they can't keep full track of 400 people and B, they kind of know if you're attending class or not. Yeah. Interesting. Like yeah. Little handheld, handheld device. By the way, today are you using the handheld or are you going Palm Pilot? Uh, coach, I have both. I always do it really? during the show just in case. Wow. Like I need to go on, we don't, if we run out of material and I have to go get stories for you from like Drudge Report or Interesting. something like that. Interesting. Handheld and Palm Pilot. Well, the girlfriend is out of town, so that's somewhat understandable. When does she get back, yeah. by the way? Soon? Extremely soon, I hope. But yeah. it's not soon enough. It's going to be this Sunday. This Thank Sunday. You. All right. I hate to, I hope she does not take this personally. And if she's listening, even though I haven't met her, Lily the Lovelace, she's, uh, Lily the Lovelace, Lily the Lilac. Yeah. Sound like a wonderful, wonderful female, but I gotta tell you, since she's been gone, uh-huh. the shows are better. I think that little, <laughs> the angst really? that you have, that little edge that you have comes out of the show, I gotta tell you. <laughs> what can well, I tell? Maybe, uh, I'll, I'll have to keep her hands off then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very I much. All right, what other oddities in college football? I, you know, I got a couple of things written down, I can't even read my own damn writing. How about Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer? Huh? The next, the next coach in Ohio State, the coach. Well, you mean? yeah, but meanwhile, Luke Fickle is coaching the team. Mm-hmm, Isn't I'm that with you. you know? Talk to Urban Meyer at the end of the season now. And by the way, Luke Fickle, if he gets fired from Ohio State, I'll be happy to take him at the University of Illinois. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. Bring him down to Champaign immediately, immediately. <laughs> as a head coach, I yeah, as a head coach, I yeah. like Luke Fickle, and, and listen, Urban Meyer. Ohio State would be better off as Urban Meyer's their head coach than Luke Fickle. Okay, Urban Meyer should know freaking better. When he's asked these questions, his response should be this and this. Period. I've not been contacted about the head coaching job. Luke Fickle is the head coach of Ohio State. Yep. But I do miss football. That's all he has to say. That's all. He doesn't even bring up. Hey, why are you asking me? Luke Fickle's the head coach of Ohio State. He doesn't even bring it up. Well, but what if they have contacted him? I I think a better response would be, Hey, I'm not going to talk about it right now. Okay, he could even say, Hey, my health is better. The year off has helped. I do. I am thinking about coaching next year. I'm not going to talk about any job while the season is going on. uh, You know, whoever's coaching their team is coaching their team. I will talk about it when the season is over. It is unfair, and I wouldn't even mention Luke Fickle's name to any coach out there to be talking about taking their job while the season's going on. Okay, no, you're. I'm, I digress, coach, and your answer was much better than my one. You're exactly right. That's yeah. exactly what he should say. Unless, well, let's, okay, here now, Urban Meyer going out for himself. You know, leaves <laughs> Florida because the stress of that gets is way too ridiculous. So you know, he wants, he does want to be the coach of Ohio State. And uh, so now it becomes available, and he knows he's going to take the job. Well, he doesn't want to lose out on any Urban Meyer-type recruits. So mm-hmm. if it's out there and these – because you know these boosters. Don't tell me Ohio State doesn't have boosters. Oh, they no, do. no. Hey, you know, we got Urban Meyer in our back pocket. You do? I'm going to Ohio State. That helps recruiting. Yeah. There's that it's issue. That's why. Right. I, I hate right. to tell you, Coach. Yep. Urban Meyer is losing points. 
because this is yep. it seems all manipulated right now. That's a good Every point. I, I didn't think of that, but this is a prime time for some of those last minute recruits to decide. And you're right. If there is the the hush hush knowledge that an Urban Meyer might be coming, some of those recruits might change their mind. Yeah, heck yeah. Oh, I'm going to Penn State. Well, let me see. Am I going to coach? Go to. Urban Meyer or nobody at Penn State? Because you know, there's like Ohio State and Penn State. That's where a lot of five-star recruits in the Midwest. Their options are Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's in fact that one little edge, that little nugget. Heck yeah, people throw it out there. Everybody wants to play in the BCS championship game, coach. Heck, I heck I go back to college and be a long snapper for five years before I got a chance to do it. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> you know, whatever it takes, coach. I hear you. I hear you. By the way, uh, speaking of coaching, Rich Rod. Rich Rod, so successful, so revered at West Virginia before he left, so hated and so disrevered. I'm not sure if that's a word, but it fits right now. So disrevered at the University of Michigan. Rich Rod, hired as the new coach of your Arizona Wildcat, Big Dog. That is, that's like a program down there that is, I, I like when they're good. There's something about being able to watch uh, Arizona football on Saturday mm-hmm. night when they're good. So hopefully he can do a little better down yeah. there. I think he'll come back with a vengeance. That's my prediction. I think the Michigan thing has left such a bad taste in his mouth. You know, coaches, that competitive nature comes through. I think, uh, watch out. I think he will build that Arizona program into a winner. He did gain a whole lot of weight in the offseason. I don't know if you saw him or not. Rich Rod you know get what? a little bit. He, he said he went vegetarian. He said he that, went that, vegetarian to try to lose weight, but he was eating ice cream while he was vegetarian. And one of the reporters said, well, hi, hi, you're vegetarian. You can't eat ice cream. It's got animal fat. That defeats the whole purpose. You know what Rich Rod said? What? said, I'm a vegetarian with benefits. Not bad. Thank you very much. Not 888-463-6748. David Olson shaking his head in disbelief here. Uh, David and keeps saying, way- i got to ask David, the, the phone keeps ringing over there to Big Dog. I don't know what it is. The last couple of days, the phone, the are the people calling up like angry at our show? Or? Telemarketers, believe it or not. What? It's, it's uh, telemarketers and ah, okay. uh, recorded messages. Okay, I keep. I, I, nobody's. Yeah, yeah. We switch phone providers, so the, okay. like the like the hotlines are listed. So nobody's calling up saying these two guys are complete idiots. Get them off the air. I wouldn't tell you if they did. Oh yeah, and I would appreciate that. Okay. Big dog. I think I can speak for you. I'd. It'd be nice to have a few calls like that. Uh, I don't mind. Have we gotten a few? Please. No, you haven't gotten. Ah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, that's when you know you've arrived, Big Doug. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Did I miss anything on college football? It was a weird, wacky, wild weekend, but uh, nevertheless, some great stuff, great games in college football. We didn't get much to talk about it uh, yesterday because we were all lost in the Jay Cutler thumb conversation, but uh, good stuff. And the bowl picture, I guess, is uh, it's a photograph that's just starting to develop, Big Doug, but you can start to see some gray area. Yeah, the only thing that I guess that that you you missed about uh, college football is the fact that Clemson, who could have possibly snuck into national title consideration, possibly yep. get blown out by North Carolina State. Okay, so they're out of it. And Virginia Tech, coach, you know I love Virginia Tech because they play defense, they play special teams, they they take care of the ball in offense, they're, they they have trick plays. Frank Beamer is awesome. They play nobody and they're the fifth team in the country. Oregon with two losses should be ahead of Virginia Tech with with one loss because Virginia Tech has no wins against any quality opponents throughout the whole entire well, season. Well, I'm gonna, I, you know, I'll go both ways on that. One, 
I hear you. Their competition hasn't been as tough. And you look at not only in Oregon, but a lot of those Southeast Conference teams and the, and the, the you know, the level of competition they got to play week in, week out. The other side of that is there's a lot of good college football teams, Big Doug. We get so lost in the top 15, top 20 in those named teams. We forget that teams like a North Carolina State, teams like a Navy, Teams like a, uh, well, you know, you could use Boise State as an example for three years. There's a lot of good college football teams out there that plan each and every week to pull off the upset. You've got to be prepared to beat those teams each and every week. There's good talent out there, so I see both sides of that story. No, no I, I understand, but the last the last couple of years, after Virginia Tech got handled by Louisiana State, LSU, like two years in a row, they have played nobody. And they played James Madison, which is uh, an FCS school. Okay, and then they play a bunch of like the lower end, top tier programs. I mean, they they should not be rewarded for this, coach. Teams that like Oregon, who are going out and playing LSU in Dallas. I mean, that's that should to me that is out gaining LSU in a loss in Dallas is more yeah. impressive than beating James Madison twenty seven to James- thirteen or whatever the heck they barely beat James Madison by this James year. James Madison. David, the James Madison, the James Madison football t-shirts on the front, it says James Madison football on the back. You know what it says? Basketball practice starts October 28th. (laughs) James Madison. That's my point. Then your point is well taken because that's, that's digging pretty deep in the football world. See, I don't, I, I do not want teams to be punished if they lose a massive game and then say, oh, you know, what's Oregon going to do next? You know what? Instead of playing LSU next year and give everybody this awesome September 5th matchup, we're going to play Eastern Washington. And they'll start doing Why wouldn't you? If, you're, if your goal is to win the national title, and I don't know, I guess though the payday is a lot different. You know, you pay $500,000 to Eastern Washington to have them come to you, and then if mm-hmm. you get paid, you know, a million dollars if you go to Jerry Jones uh, Stadium and play there. So mm-hmm. there's, I guess, you know, you'll, you'll risk that and but if I'm a player, what would you rather? What would you rather do? Well, there's a happy medium. There, I guess my answer to that would be there's somewhere between LSU and James Madison. There's a vast in between. If you want to, you know, if you don't want to play LSU on opening day, I can understand that. Play someone capable of beating you. You know, a good solid middle of the road team, and then I can live with it. James Madison in football. That I, I agree with you. That's a bit of a downreach. Yeah, and, and and let's face it, Alabama will do too. The Alabama, and the, like Florida, plays the Citadel every year. If, you know, and so it, it does. And a lot of teams do this. But if you're playing the Citadel and your other three non-conference games, coach, are like playing Oregon or West Virginia, like LSU every year plays a, a Division One, Double A, or the FCS program. Mm-hmm. But the other three non-conference games are so top-tier games that, you know what, I'll give them a pass. Yeah, go play James Madison if you want to, LSU. You just played Oregon and West Virginia on the road. You know, so th- there's there's got to be, like we said, common sense mm-hmm. involved in, in these rankings. And they have Virginia Tech ahead of Oregon right now and ahead of – there's actually a couple other teams. I just don't think it's right, Coach. But definitely them ahead of Oregon is, to me, ridiculous. Michigan Mike email again. Tell the big dog why is he talking to and he says tell the coach too. Why are you talking about Rich Rod in Arizona and not? And he's exactly right, Michigan Mark, mentioning the fact that the Michigan Wolverines beat Nebraska forty five to seventeen. That was a uh, huge win. Huge Absolutely. win for the Michigan Wolverine and Brady Hoke. 
one of my one of my uh, beat the smoke picks. Uh, Brady Hoke is doing such a phenomenal yeah, job like there, and guy. obviously the the offense that they're running now is not the offense that they're going to be running when Gennard Robinson is no longer the the quarterback there. But Brady Hoke has brought Smash Mouth back to Michigan. Right when I hired him, I told you they were back, Coach. Yep. This guy is without question one of the next up and coming coaches in America. Mm-hmm. Forget the Big Ten. Michigan is back. They have a chance at a ten win season if they beat Ohio State this Saturday. And uh, that's going to be one heck of a game because Ohio State is a lot better than they were four or five games ago with uh, Boom Heron back and Mike Adams, the big offensive tackle, and uh, Javier Posey is back. So this game coming up on Saturday is massive. Ohio State obviously not wins the Big Ten Championship, but it's been Michigan trying to play the spoiler the last couple of years. Well, now it's Ohio State. Yep trying to play the spoiler against Michigan, who needs this win to get into a BCS game. And, I almost forgot and, uh, that was coming game. up. That's one of, the, the, one of, if not the greatest rivalry in college football, and that's this weekend. I don't miss it. I can tell you exactly where I was for every single Ohio State-Michigan game, Coach. I'm mm. not kidding. I'm not, and I'm an Illinois fan, and I can tell you where I was. You are a sick, sick man. By the way, I know what you were doing in 2002, and please don't bring that up on the air. We might get kicked off. I, I shall not, Coach. Thank you very much. Doll, we got to uh, wind it up. A good little college football recap. And early in the show, we did all things. Um, well, we got a little philosophical, if not epithelial. But I enjoyed it. Good show today. It was all good, Coach. All yeah. good. And uh, I'll be extremely busy the rest of the day if you're wondering what I'll be doing. <laughs> all right, we got one more show tomorrow. Then we're off Thursday and Friday. So uh, rest up. I expect you in full tilt tomorrow at 10 o'clock. So we got to do our beat the smoke tomorrow then. Yeah, I got to think about that. I guess we do. David Olson saying yes. We, we kind of have to. There are okay. three games on Thursday. Okay. There you go. Beat the schmoes. Thank you. I will prepare. All right. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. We much appreciate Dog and the coach signing off. Producer David Olson, great job as always. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Have a great day, everybody.